You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. I guess one thing with Rooster is that we understand our demographic. We know where we're going. We know what we want to do. We know that we need to make beer for the clientele in Vietnam. And um, you stick to your guns and you don't, you know, we don't follow Western style trends, right? Like, we haven't made an IPA smoothie. Don't get me wrong. They're decent. I like them. But that they're just not ready for it out here in Vietnam. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound, Talent, Media, and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. Hope you had a killer week. I most certainly did. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves extreme music that just loves craft beer, well, you should absolutely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. If you were to encourage one of your craft beer-loving metalhead friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Don Viteri of Rooster Beers. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 440. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Don Viteri of Rooster Beers. We are in Ho Chi Minh City, uh, Saigon, Vietnam. What a crazy experience this is. We hung out in 2019, Cryptopsy's last Asia tour, which was our last tour before the pandemic shut everything down. Yeah. And I had such a warm, excellent experience hanging out with you. Um, just a pleasure to be back here. We, we did something cool for the show tonight. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But let's just start with uh, Don. How you doing? Good, good. A little bit uh, rough around the edges right now after last night, but you know, nothing a couple of beers won't fix. Exactly. Don, Don <laughs> welcomed us very warmly last night. Uh, he set up a whole thing for us, had some beers on tap at a local bar near our hotel. Excellent human, Easy. as you can tell right away. <laughs> Easy access, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last night. Yeah, I haven't, haven't hung out late like that for a minute, though, so that was cool. I loved it. So much fun. <laughs> uh, Vox and Ops is all hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while sharing craft beers. Now, we are at your bar, one of six establishments across Vietnam. Mm. Talk to me about Rooster Beers. Talk to me about uh, what's going on here. Uh, in my glass, I have a special beer, which we'll talk about in a bit, but I want to hear the history of Rooster Beers first. Cool. Yeah, so Rooster was started in 25, uh, 2015 by Mike. Um, he wanted just to m make a beer that wasn't like a local lager and wanted something to beat the Saigon heat. So that's when he decided, hey, I'm going to go buy a, uh, I'm going to go buy a 150 liter system and start messing around. And then we started, uh, he started messing around with all that stuff. And then we started selling to a bar called, uh, Quan Ut Ut, which is like district oink oink in Vietnamese. Okay. District of the pig type of thing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so then he started doing that, and then there was demand for it. So he kept on building up and building up and building up. And then I moved out here at the end of 2016, joined, uh, joined up with them. He taught me everything, how to uh, clean beer lines, how to, well, I knew how to do sales. So, you know, I jumped into sales. Now I'm the commercial director with, with Rooster, so it's pretty cool. But back in the day, we were called Fat Rooster Ales. Okay. Yeah, so... 
just needed a name, Fat Rooster, why not, you know? Um, and then we worked with this branding agency out here called Rice Creative, one of the best branding agencies. And first thing they did was like, how about we cut the fat? And we're like, Rooster Ales, mm, Rooster Beers. And so started doing Rooster Beers. And one cool thing about our logo, I know the rest of you can't see this, but how this logo is laid out, You'll see this on the side of trucks driving by, like logistic trucks and whatnot. Uh, so that's everything about Rooster is Vietnamese. And something so subtle like this, it goes unnoticed, but that's how deep down we got when we were rebranding the company to make this about Vietnam and Vietnam craft beer. Uh, so now... Rooster beers, beer guy, and uh, which means chicken beer. It's like slang. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll walk into I'll walk into bars and the staff will see me and they be beer guy. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's fun, man. It's fun, but yeah, we we decided to go with rooster and stick with rooster because this is a very iconic animal to Vietnam and a lot of parts of the world too. But every morning, I'm not sure if you saw it over by your hotel, but a lot of us out here. We drive past roosters and chickens every morning on the corner. You know, they're either for food or for fighting. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. Very cool. It's wild, wild west out here sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's just a very iconic animal that when, when the demographic is sitting in a bar, they see it, they connect with it. They're like, I know what that is. And then our blonde is yellow, pale ale is red, IPA is green, and the dark is black. So then when they go in there, they just say, and this happens to me all the time, I like the yellow rooster. I like the dark ah. rooster. I like the green or the red, right? It's simple and it's smart, though. Yeah, straight to the point. And you want to... The hardest thing about getting people to drink beer is interaction, getting them engaged with it, right? That's the hardest thing. Uh, so we sell at a lot of convenience stores out here, 7-Eleven, GS25, you know, uh, and some grocery stores. So getting people's attention just two seconds is, I think... Sorry for the marketing people listening, but I think it's like two seconds. That's the, your chance. Of what the consumer has. Yeah. They glance at it. They see it. They're like, I want that one. So it's, that's why we pick these colors. It's eye-catching. People see it. They want it. It's killer. Talk to me about the history of craft beer in Vietnam. All right. So we, we're kind of out of the Big Bang uh, era now. When you were here back in 2019, it was still very young. And I guess on the grand scheme of things, if you compare it to, you know, our places back home, uh, it still is pretty young. But Vietnam is the number one uh, craft beer hub for Southeast Asia, you know. Um, so Rooster started back then uh, in 2015. Then you had a couple other breweries like Tay Tay, Platinum, uh, and a few others. And 2015, 2016, you know, like it's... This is still new out here, right? Uh, so now we're going into probably, I would say, the fifth wave of craft breweries coming out. And now the cool thing is, back in 2015, it was a lot of foreigners that were doing the craft beer. Now all the Vietnamese are starting to get into it. I'm having friends, people I don't know, send me messages. Hey, come try my beer. What do you think about this one? I'm seeing people that worked in the industry, like the young Vietnamese. Now they have a, a grasp of what's going on with it, and they're doing it. You know, there's a new brewery called Optimist, um, which is really cool. And she's been in the industry for what, like six years, and she was like, "I want to make a craft beer company." So the 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 Vietnamese are starting to fully understand what craft beer is. 
I think it's very impressive over the past years that I haven't been here since 2019 how much bigger Rooster has become. Yeah, yeah. It's been... Um it's been hard. It's been easy. It's been fun. It's been everything, you know. But I guess one thing with Rooster is that we understand our demographic. We know where we're going. We know what we want to do. We know that we need to make beer for the clientele in Vietnam. And um, you stick to your guns and you don't, you know, we don't follow Western-style trends, right? Like, we haven't made an IPA smoothie. Don't get me wrong. They're decent. I like them. But that they're just not ready for it out here in Vietnam. You know, they're finally... Um, it's funny, you'll either get one or the other. You'll get somebody that drinks the easygoing blonde beer or Pilsner. Or they go straight for the double IPA. Uh, and they drink... So we have towers out here. We do a lot of towers. Three, yeah, the three liter towers. And if I've seen it so many times that someone's like... Uh, they say be a craft out here for craft beer. And... They've never had it, and they're like, hmm, this one is 7.5% alcohol. I'm going to get drunk off of this. And they order a tower of it, and there's four of them. They order another one, they order another one, and then, you know, they have a great night. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, you mentioned last night that there's sinks. Special sinks. <laughs> what is the history of drinking in Vietnam? You mentioned that there's a special yeah. sink in yeah. some of <laughs> locations. I, I forget how to pronounce it in Vietnamese, but um, so it's a throw-up sink. Which is something that I've never heard of before. Yeah, yeah. My first experience with, <laughs> with it, I was at uh, my buddy's bar rehab station, and this is when I'm brand new out here. Come out, and I was like, hey, dude. Your sink's clogged. There's like... Uh, Puke in it. Yeah, someone puked in your sink. And he's like, what are you kidding me? And he goes to the sink on the outside of the bathrooms. And he's looking at it. He's like, what do you mean? And I was like, not that one. The one inside the bathroom. He starts laughing. He's like, "M, <laughs> that's that's a, a throw-up sink. I was like, no way. Like, just, what about the toilet? He's like, nah, we have sinks. That's crazy. Like, I, that's, that's completely new concept to me. So it's, a, it's a, a country of culture of overindulgence when it comes to alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, we all drink to get drunk, but this is like, if we go out drinking, if I go out drinking with my staff, anytime that someone drinks, you always have to do this. You have to raise your glass. You have to say, yo, you know, motai ba yo, one, two, three, cheers, and you have to drink. And that's... Every time that someone's drinking, because if you don't drink with them, it's rude. Wow. Okay. So, so it's it's this cycle of violence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Liquid violence. And um, when you see the throw-up sink, you know you're in an OG spot. <laughs> you're like, all right, I know what happens. Have you here. ever used the sink? No, I'm old school. I go toilet still. Yes, I would imagine so. yeah. <laughs> uh, We're drinking something very cool. I'm drinking something very cool. It's uh, your pale, but we rebranded it for the show tonight. When I was coming, uh, we were communicating with each other. We were like, what can we do? How can we make this more fun? And uh, I asked, uh, maybe you could, we could do a collab. You know, I like making collabs. I've done a bunch with the podcast. I've done some for Cryptopsy. And uh, you were like, well... To actually do a physical one is very difficult because the volumes of cans that you order is just just incredibly high. Yeah, eighty thousand labels. And we're playing a little <laughs> cowboy club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with, with with like, uh, there's gonna they're gonna put two hundred people in a one hundred cap room tonight. It's gonna be something. Eh, Vietnamese are tiny. It's cool. We're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. So we rebranded your pail. Basically, yeah. um, we were asking about a name. Uh, I thought about 
the song Graves of the Fathers, Pale of the Fathers. It just seemed to work. Uh, I'm drinking it right now. It's 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 got a little hoppy bite, not too much. It's smooth. Talk to me about this beer. Talk to me about what into it. Uh, you don't brew, but you know a lot about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the only thing I don't do with this company is brew the beer. So um, the pale ale, classic, straight to the point, traditional pale ale. We use um, Cascade hops in this one from Yakima Chief. Yeah, and then we import all our grains from across the world. Uh, this environment out here is not kind for hops and, and malt. Okay. Right? So a lot of it comes from Australia, uh, uh, Czech Republic, Germany, so on and so forth. So our pale clocks in at six, smooth, goes down easy, and it was, it's, it's, I don't know, it's easy to make, I guess, I think. I, it, I tastes, think. It, it, go, it goes down <laughs> smooth. You had tried to make it 6.66%, yeah. but, you, but you hit some obstacles there. What was that? So uh, I, in my marketing, I have a strict like no religion and no political stuff. Um, we make beer. I like to steer clear of stuff, right? And um, so when I went to go put 666 on there, I was met with, uh, hey, if you don't do anything by my staff, they're like, hey, if we can't put up Buddha on a Facebook post... What about this? And I was like, six six six. Like, what? What do you mean? And they're like, it's religious, right? I'm like, fuck. Technically, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. It's about as religious as the fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, remove one six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy you did this. I it's it's tasty. We had some last night. I'm enjoying some right now. Uh, talk to me about your experience coming here. You 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 were working in kitchens, yeah, yeah, cooking, and then here you are across the globe in Vietnam. You you fall into craft beer. Mm. So I moved out here November second, twenty sixteen. My buddy invited me to come out here um, in I don't know, like September or something. And I was I thought about it. I was like, all right, no wife, no girlfriend, no kids. Cars paid off family's gonna watch my dog and he bought me a plane ticket you know it was five layovers so you know it was one <laughs> hell of a plane ticket to get uh but it was cool and i was only supposed to stay for about six months and now here we are seven years down the road wow yeah and when i first moved out here we were doing restaurants it wasn't really working out the way we hoped for and mike the founder of rooster his wife was partner at the restaurant she came upstairs she's like dan I was like, what? She's like, we make Vietnamese food and craft beer. I was like, I don't know how to make Vietnamese food. I was like, I'm fucking Mexican food. I can do that. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. I be the chef. You be my manager. And I was like, easy. All right. So then I was standing outside on the streets of where we hung out last time over by Bowie Vien. Yes. Outside with a menu screaming, hey, Vietnamese food, craft beer, Vietnamese food, craft beer, you know, and like, come on in and come and try the beer. And, and yeah, that's how it all started with getting into craft beer out here. That's unbelievable. Now, yeah, now we're here. Seven years later and you're, you're, there's six establishments across the city. Yeah, and we sell, we sell everywhere from uh, Hanoi, Ha Long Bay, so the northern parts of Vietnam, all the way down to the bottom it's in Phu Quoc and everywhere. Unbelievable. Yeah. So proud of you. It's, it's fucking Thank awesome. Thank you. Man. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's been one hell of a ride, and it keeps on going. Having seen your establishment before, I know that there's there's some complications. Yeah, oh, or yeah. not complications, <laughs> but differences yeah. of the way that things are done here than the rest of the world. 100%. I would, last time, things that marked me, I would say, is uh, the kegs arriving. 
on scooters. Yeah, that's that's the first thing. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah, you delivery services. Your, your 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 kegs in the back, but on scooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to make sure you get a scooter though that doesn't have. Um, it has to have a flat floor. You've learned this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got <laughs> I got like the minivan of scooters for mine. My thing is huge. Unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, it can fit like one, two, about five full kegs on there. Yeah, and these are the 20 liter kegs, so it's not too big. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, delivery services with kegs uh, is on scooters. But for the bigger orders, we have a, a little box truck that we use. But yeah, so delivery, scooters. Uh, sometimes we deliver uh, the beer if it needs to go out right away to somewhere further. We throw it on a bus. Really? It gets shipped like, on like, a bus. Like like a like, like a, public, a tourist bus? Really? No, not a public one, but a tourist <laughs> bus. Yeah, we just pay for the cabin fee and Hell yes. throw a few kegs in there, and it ships up to Mouine. It's like as if you guys, there's no obstacles that you can't find a way around. Yep, you're like MacGyvering yeah. everything all the time. It's Vietnam, baby. <laughs> exactly. Another thing that marked me was how you kept the beer cold. Yeah, yeah, this one's fun. Where, where like, typically mm. breweries will have a refrigerated room, Yeah, but that's not what happens here. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> Rooster's a little bit different. We found, <laughs> we found out a trick, right? So, traditionally, any refrigeration room, cold room, will have a commercial sized um, aircon in there not us we uh, found out a trick it's this little I guess this is a shout out for the company you guys check it out it's called Coolbot right and so what this computer does uh, it's a just it's about the size of a cell phone uh, you put it on the wall you connect the sensors into the fins to keep the aircon from freezing over so it tricks the brain of the aircon to go down as low as negative uh, five Celsius. Wow. You know? Yeah, I want one for my fucking house, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, miss, I miss that cold <laughs> Chicago weather. But um, yeah, so those units cost about $200 US, $400 US. As, as opposed to? Like two grand, three grand, you know? So at the end of the day, you're going to be looking about spending 5,000 US. I'm building a, like the size of this cold room, which is a couple of meters by a couple of meters. Uh, yeah, and with us, it's about twelve hundred bucks. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, I, I, it marked me. I remember last time. I'll take you in there. I'll go show you. I'm totally yeah. want to do that after <laughs> this. Uh, that and the rats, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. You can like you. There are always ways to do something to be cost efficient but still effective at the same time. With, but you have to just put your brain to it. Correct. You know, if you're yeah. an engineer, you're lucky. It's cool. It's, yeah. I, I'm impressed. I think it's very cool. Talking about metal, you have a um, we have we have we have a common friend yeah. who's more than a friend for you because he's your uncle, uh, Jimmy from Jungle Rod. Uh, talk to me about and you play drums in a metal band. I know that. So talk to me about you growing up and being metal. Let's start with that. So I come from a very musical background. Um, my dad um, he passed away when I was 16, but he was a drummer, and so when he passed away, I wanted to keep you know keep on carrying the torch in a sense. Uh, my mom now is a backup lead singer for Leonard Skinner cover band. Her really? boyfriend now plays Ozzy on stage in a War Pigs tri- or Black that, Sabbath that band in Chicago. Pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, so I've been around music my whole life uh, growing up. And I started getting into drums when I was 14, joined, did the whole thing of um, band in school. And, you know, I was like, I don't want to be in band. That's nerdy. And my mom was like, Tommy Lee, Dave Navarro. They I'm all like, did it. They I'm all like, did all right, it. <laughs> if they did it, it must be cool. Look at them now. But um, so I did all of that. And then I kept on playing, kept on playing. 
when I finally got a drum set, I was 16, and I spent like three months playing single pedal, and yeah. I love, still do, but love Children of Bodom. Like, that was like the peak, right? Silent Night, Bodom Night, I heard that, and I was like, I want to play that. So, you know. In comes the double pedal. Yeah, yeah, the beginning of the end. So, um, that was, uh, yeah, 16, so it was at 2005-ish, around there, and then just kept on playing, kept on playing, joined up with uh, some of my buddies in a band called Audacity, and it was cool. We got to play a show uh, with Shadows Fall for a Dimebag Daryl tribute. Very cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was cool. So, then... I guess how I can tie this to why Rooster sponsoring tonight's show is Mike, CEO, founder, he was like, look, pick something out that you like doing and apply Rooster to it. And I was like, oh, I've been around music my whole life, you know? So I was like, let's do music. And now here we are doing this. You know, you yeah. have a name for it too. It's called. Oh yeah, I, yeah. It's a working title, but uh, Rooster Rhythms. Yeah. I needed something kind of generic and and that can go into any category of music, whether it's metal, EDM, rap. Rap's really popular out here, and so is hardcore. The hardcore scene is insane out here. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna start doing that. You know, I I thought about Jägermeister the whole time growing up. There's just Jäger at every metal show, sponsoring everything, everything. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. And so I've kind of taken the stuff that I've seen growing up when what Jägermeister did and trying to apply that to this new program now. I think it's genius. I don't know what the business end of it is. I don't know if you're just sending them a few kegs and then it's brand awareness that you're getting back on your side or. Yeah, it's it. It varies. Right. So with this one, you know, knowing you guys and loving the, the band, the music, I'm like, I want to do more than just send a few kegs. Right. So it can vary. I can just send a couple of cases of cans and be like, okay, here, yeah, sponsor. you guys get this sponsorship, yeah. make the money, have fun with it. Correct. And then there's the middle where I'm like, okay, I'm going to come there with kegs, sell it, keep the money, maybe give you guys some revenue, whatever. Uh, then I offer them to buy the kegs or like this time we paid a sponsorship fee, got in contact with you. I was like, let's do some collaborations, man. Let's have some fun. Absolutely. And the team, my team loved it. They were, uh, they were shocked when I, you know, put Graves of the Fathers up, uh, up on the TV. The 85-inch TV. Yeah, dude, that thing's insane. <laughs> and uh, I was like, look, death metal band's coming in called Cryptopsy, and um, we got to start making some collaboration stuff. And they're like, what's death metal? And I was like, Let's Hold take on. you to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I mean, we thankfully, the new album is, looks fucking great, you know? Uh, so being able to use that, but then getting them to write out Pale of the Fathers on there, they designed that, you know? And they, the, I had to go the, through... They went to school yeah, dude, in, I had in to metal show them, fonts. Yeah, <laughs> the Google fonts. All I did was type in, you know, metal fonts, and everything came up. They're like, how do you read that? I'm like, it's a skill. <laughs> it's an acquired learning. Yeah, uh, so they, they had a lot of fun then, too, with some of the, you know, the, the zombie... Rooster posters that we made. Yes, the had a lot of fun amazing. doing them. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, the videos that you guys did too were amazing as well. This is the thing in Vietnam. The marketing is so, I feel, so vastly different than the states. We get to have fun. We get to. There's a little sense of humor in everything. Yeah, we're we're also a beer company too. You know, you take yourself too serious. Not the industry. <laughs> no, know? no. I, well, some people do, but yeah. yeah. She, uh, our new intern, she really, she's going to have a bright future in marketing, but she. She was like, can we do these type of videos? And I was like, 
Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm paying you. you. Just Let's go. What's funny is because our time difference is so uh, extreme is that I would always wake up and see these videos as I'm like doing my morning ritual. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Talk to me about He He Metal. 18 years they've been doing this. Talk about the metal scene here in Vietnam. Last time we came here, we weren't supposed to come here. Oh, really? And I didn't know that one. He Metal were so adamant about it that they started a crowdfund. Because Gino okay, from Slam Man Booking yeah. was like, well, if you want the band to come, then you got to present the money. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> how business so, so, works. So, so, so He He Metal did a crowdfund, and they accomplished their goal in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Which is how Cryptopsy ended up here last time. I, and when I heard that, I was like, oh. Really? Okay, the demand's there. So when you guys came here, I was only out here for like two and a half years. And Correct. By that time, there was the metal shows then was maybe once every three to four or five months, depending. Okay, wow. Right? Um, and the, the hardcore scene was doing pretty well. It was doing pretty good. Um, but for metal, metal, it wasn't really there. Um, so when I heard that they did a uh, crowdfunding exercise... And it, it got done like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. When that happened, that was great. And then when I went to when I went to the board about getting money for the sponsorship for this, presented them the idea. I mean, what really they saw, they heard about the, the crowdfunding thing and they're like, no shit. And I was like, yeah, they're like, oh, wow. There's a little bit of a, a scene and There's a demand something going for on. It. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. So. It's not mega. It's not huge. No. But they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what is missing, and I'll, I'll be adamant and I'll be frank about tonight, is that we're playing in a very small room with a weird sound system. Luckily, we have Mega, our sound man extraordinaire, that dangled a way to make a sound decent in the room. Yeah. The future of this relationship with Rooster, what would be Rooster Rhythms, would be to have your own venue. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. That, I want to do it would, at the that brewery. That would be very interesting. So talk to me about that idea and what what if you had carte blanche and Mike would just let you do whatever you want, <laughs> what, what would you yeah, do? Yeah, sometimes. What I would do, all right, in a perfect world, um, we so we have a 2,200 square meter warehouse, right, that we Massive. turn into a brewery. Awesome. Um, and there's a good, good section of it that we're just using for, like, storage, just miscellaneous shit on the side. I'd get all that stuff out of there. Um, put some soundproofing at least up in the corners because it's like playing inside of a snare drum, apparently. Because it's all that fake tin. tin yeah. yeah. 
uh, and then put a stage there and then once a quarter once every three months do a big metal show get uh, do hardcore do rap do whatever yeah, 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 yeah. exactly uh, but the only problem is is that it's about an hour away uh, from here it's about like an hour and a half but uh, it's easy to get transportation out here and it's pretty cheap so for 150 bucks you can get a 50 seater tourist bus wow for 150 bucks, you roll that into the price of the tickets. You get everyone to come down there. They come to the Rooster Beer tap rooms as pickup points. They drive, and they, they they're not driving, so it's responsible. And I like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because yeah, that street that we're, that you have to take to get to the brewery is pretty hectic. Even even in the morning, it's <laughs> Jesus, it's crazy. I've uh, seen how people drive here. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I drive on sidewalks. I drive down the wrong side of the road. I've, I do it I've all. seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> while texting. Yes. Yeah. 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 I listen. Uh, you know, I listen to Vox and Hops when I'm driving. That's know? awesome. Yeah, I love it. And that's traffic out here is so horrible. I'll be stuck for sometimes half an hour going really? somewhere. Yeah. So I put on podcasts. I'll listen to I you love or whatever else. Um, but if. I could do what I want to do. There's things like going to the brewery. There's also, we have a tap room in Vumtau, which is about two hours uh, south of here, uh, which is a beach town. And we have a really big tap room. Um, I think it's about 60 meters, 40 meters, somewhere around there. Wow. And three levels. Really? Yeah. But we're only on the ground level. Wow. Uh, we have plans to rent out the top levels because we don't have any kitchens. And I'll talk about that one later. But, okay. Um, but I can always do a show there. It would have been better than this, you know. It would have been, been fun. Would have been better fun. than this. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, my bad. Uh, no, it's true though. Yeah. It's, 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 we're gonna have fun nonetheless. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna be sweaty. Oh yeah. And very I'm, intimate. I'm ready. Yeah, it's some uh, garage days over here. It's huh? gonna be very intimate. So, over there, I can put on a big show. I can do whatever. I pay the cops. They leave us alone. We'll be fine, you know. And it's a different culture here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vietnam. That's all I'm gonna say. But um, yeah, it'd be fun to do stuff out over there. Do like a festival. Nothing like. I think about something like Ozfest, Sounds of the Underground, getting more than just the bands there. Since I do have enough space, I can do... Uh, the walls are bare upstairs, so I can hold a graffiti contest That'd be sick. the day before, and yeah. everyone can come down and do a graffiti thing, and then we judge it the next day with the bands. Uh, there's enough area to do skate, you know, get the skaters down there. A lot of the tag artists are skaters, too. So Absolutely. the crossover. You yeah. know, yeah, and then we'll do a skate competition, uh, then we'll do drunken skate, you know, at the end of the night, and... <laughs> Then to wrap it up, uh, just bands having fun, you know. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so I got a I got a lot to work on for 2024. You're, you're, you're growing this fast already in the past five years, so so I'm impressed already. The future of Rooster, what what is it? Aside from the the, the Rooster rhythms, what what else is coming? Uh, you you were hinting at food. Oh yeah yeah. So all of our tap rooms, uh, our our model is our beer, your food. We have yeah, no that's kitchens. Very, very. A lot of breweries do that. Yeah. I did not know that. I've been in Vietnam for seven years. Yeah, I, a lot of breweries are doing that I don't know what's going on. Now, yeah. I yeah. talked to a Korean table last night before meeting up with you guys at our one tap room, and they're like, well, "This is a common model in South Korea." I was like, "No way!" And they're like, "Yeah, this is perfect for us." I'm like, "Didn't even intend that, you know." But that's why we're able to keep our beer so cheap at our at our tap rooms is because we don't have the overheads and the licensing fees, blah 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 to do food at the, at the kitchens. And then we also own our own brewery. 
which is tremendous. A lot of awesome. people don't out yeah. here. We're one of like three breweries that owns completely everything. Good job, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, bro. Keep it up. Um, so the tap rooms, we plan on opening up more throughout Vietnam. Wow. Um, can't really say where and how many, you know, uh, but yeah, man. I can say uh, next year we are going to be pushing for Hanoi all the way up north. So it's just, you know, Ben over there, he'd be managing it. So if anything goes wrong, it's a four-hour plane ride just to go turn on CO2. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, more tap rooms, uh, more fermentation space. Um, we have a bottling machine, so we'll be doing bottles next year. Nice. Uh, the cans as well. We have the canning machine. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Just keep on pushing it into new, into new markets. Keep on selling, 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 and making awesome beers. Oh, we are getting a new pilot system. So you can do more yeah, small crafts. Max, our yeah. brewer, brewer, will start doing... Uh, more small batch wild shit. It is interesting that you guys leaned heavily into the flagships. Yeah. Which you were explaining before that you created where that people have like a relationship with these colors with their beer. Yeah. That's something that modern craft beer in the States and Canada has stepped away from. Yeah. Yeah. We are we're definitely behind that and but I think uh, it's interesting. I I, yeah. I I in the past year have Fallen back in love with mm. flagship beers from ZCL, from Unibrew. Yeah. So, so I, th I do think it's interesting that you guys have really leaned into that. Yeah, and especially with the market that's so young out here, you need something that's consistent, that they can rely rely on. That it's whether it's good beer. or it's bad, it doesn't matter what you're doing. This is to all the brewers. It doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as you're making a consistent product and always delivering it to the consumer, they're going to drink it. They're going to buy it. They're going to feel that relationship. And that's where you build that brand connection, that brand yeah. loyalty. And trust. Which yeah. is kind of hard out here in Vietnam because, you know, Vietnamese just love to drink, 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 drink. But they get familiar with the colors. I was on a boat cruise for her birthday, and she saw my the rooster tattoo right here. And she was like, oh, is that Biaga? And I was like, yeah, Dumrayam, yeah, Biaga. And she's like, I like the yellow and the green one. I was like, that's blonde and IPA. And she's like, the yellow and the green one. I was like, it's working. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's you should do uh, shirts in different colors so people can buy. I do have that plan. Their shirt. Yeah. And then they, I have that they plan. wrap. Yeah. Their, so their I flagship. wanted to do the. So we have red, yellow, and black next to the green one. So yeah. then I have all four yeah. of the cans. Makes sense. And then everything else. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And people love merch. They love representing. I love it too. I'm going to wear it on stage tonight. <laughs> yes. John, thank you so, so much for sitting down with me talking about your life. Talking about music, talking about Vietnamese craft beer, long life to rooster beers. I think this is awesome. Mot hai ba yo. Yo. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening to my today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was such an awesome day in Vietnam. We had a killer show. As I mentioned, it was intimate in a very small cowboy bar. Uh, very interesting experience, uh, but we pulled it off, and the crowd was incredible. I had such a blast hanging out with Don, once again, drinking rooster beers all night. What a blast. I am uh, very stoked to tell you that Don uh, has told me that there has been some uh, insight, some uh, moving parts that have been happening towards the Rooster Rhythms project that he has uh, because uh, there is a vast, amazing scene 
in Vietnam, but they definitely need a venue. And Don has some things moving towards that, and I am excited about that. And I hope that the next time I come through Vietnam, I play this brand new place uh, that I hope maybe that I helped uh, motivate a little bit. But, you know, maybe I'm just being a little bit egotistical here. Massive cheers to Don. Uh, thank you so much once again for being awesome. I can't wait to hang out with you again. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Middle Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Middle Podcast. You get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. You will also get to find out what's going on in the world of cryptopsy and with As Gamora Burns. We have a lot of stuff going on, so if you want to be up to date in that, sign up to the mailing list. The mailing list also includes all the details of all the albums that the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' Metal Architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list, because I hate when you miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I will be back next week with a brand new episode on Tuesday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Fox and Hops heads. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Yeah! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.